My Seven Chakras, episode 31. One of my favorite teachers is a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. And he teaches that to love is to be 100% present. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. So good morning, action takers. AJ here. And you are listening to My 7 Chakras, a show where you get to listen to insights, advice and tips on how to improve the quality of your life. And today I am electrified to bring you our featured guest, Andrea Brooke. So Andrea, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. Awesome. So Andrea Brooke is an international performing artist and yoga teacher. Her performances, workshops and retreats are designed to release limiting beliefs, cherish one's own creativity give flight to the authentic self and to live life fully. So Andrea, I've given our listeners a mini intro. So take about a minute and tell us more about yourself. Thank you, AJ. So I've been teaching yoga for 17 years. And uh, really, in many ways, I came to teaching yoga, uh, not really from the standpoint of wanting to be an aerobics instructor. Instead, I have a desire to be an activist, an activist in the world where I believe that the world changes when each of us have a conscious awareness of what we're thinking, feeling, wanting, of who we truly are and how we want the world to be, and that we feel empowered in ourselves to be able to share that, to express that, and to trust in our own wisdom, our innate wisdom that is present within each of us at all times. And so because of that, because of this desire to really inspire the world, to recognize how we are, rather than to listen to the propaganda or to feel stuck in in the box of the traditional way of thinking or the contemporary way of thinking, that each of us could then find what it is that we really believe and who we truly are. And so as a result, I began teaching yoga, hoping that through that means I could assist people in becoming conscious, becoming conscious of their thoughts, their emotions, their spirit, their body, the physical reality in which they lived and the energetic desire of what they truly wanted. And the yogis believe that the energetic reality governs the physical reality. And so, in other words, what we are thinking and feeling, if we can put that into action, it will create that on the physical plane. Our day-to-day lives will match the thoughts and emotions that we're actively participating in. And from that, from this teaching of yoga and discovering this desire to inspire and support people to step forward into being who they truly can be and changing the world by being ourselves, I began to integrate art, specifically music, 
and a style of music that is very unique. I play what is called a long string harp. And the long string harp has 60 foot strings at minimum. The strings can be hundreds of feet if we desire. And in particular, my long string harp is called Sonic Butterfly. And I designed Sonic Butterfly specifically to inspire transformation, to, again, have people look and experience something and feel what that brought about inside of them, that recognition process of who they can truly be, and to help them to believe that they can create that and give that as their gift to the world. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that amazing introduction. Now, before we dive into some of the exciting topics that we're going to speak about today, we're going to move into a space of awareness and learning. And the way we do that on our show is through an inspirational quote. Sound like a plan? Yes. So, Andrea, what's your favorite inspirational quote? And give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. One of my favorite teachers is a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. His name is Thich Nhat Hanh. And he teaches that to love is to be 100% present. To me, this is such a powerful quote. To love is to be 100% present. So in other words, we can live our lives as an act of love. We can move through life loving everyone. So we say, for example, you go to the dry cleaners and you're dropping off your cleaning. Mm -hmm. If you pause and take the time to be present for that person interacting with you in that moment, then you're really offering them love. And if they take the time to be present with you, that feels wonderful because it's an act of love. And we can do this not only with all of the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, we can do this with ourselves. What happens when we are present with ourselves, when we take the time to be with ourselves, to hold that presence and become aware of how we're feeling in that moment, what we're thinking in that moment, what that experience is in that moment, then we're acting with love toward ourselves. And imagine that we spend our days feeling and sharing love on this level of being present. To love is to be 100% present. I love that quote. And thanks for sharing. There you go, listeners. Try this out. Whenever you're out there, you're talking to people, take that moment, pause, and interact genuinely with the person in front of you. And forget about the rest of the world during those four moments, during those few minutes. And I'm sure that the response that you get from those people would be completely different. So, Andrew, you mentioned that you conduct workshops and retreats on a regular basis. Do some of them happen outdoors, like among nature? Mm, I love taking people outdoors. It's interesting because many years ago when I first started teaching yoga, I was living in Venice Beach, California. And I was doing my own yoga practice out on the beach. And I did a headstand right by the water's edge. And to turn the world upside down in that way, to have the sky be where the ocean would be and have the ocean be the sky was a beautiful moment of juxtaposition where I began to look at, wait a second, so much of life is about perspective. Mm -hmm. And so if my intention is to help people to broaden their perspective, 
to get outside of the box, then let's get outside of the yoga studio. Let's go outside. Let's go to the beach. And I began teaching classes on the beach. And it was very funny because so many people at that point, you know, again, this Mm. is 16 years ago, people would say, you can't do yoga on the beach. Mm. And I would say, really? Well, then why are there 30 people showing up to do it every weekend (laughs) and having (laughs) such a good time and feeling alive and loving that moment when the dolphins would would, would swim by and, you know, experiencing, I I recall one, one student saying, you know, it's really fascinating how we fall because of the holes that we dig with our own feet. And it's, you know, it's exactly that. Suddenly you were recognizing how your own actions were creating the circumstances around you and how those circumstances around you were then affecting whether or not you were in balance or you were comfortable or in some cases with doing yoga on the sand, suddenly it was easier. In some ways it was harder, in some ways it was easier. But those ways in which it was easier was such a celebration. And so since that time, I have taken people to do yoga all over the place um, in many different environments. And so I love the experience of being outdoors, regardless of the weather, really. You know, there's, there's again, something to perspective and to the shifting of perspective, and again, to being present, being able to be present to the most beautiful of days, and perhaps a cold day, or a, you know, a gray day, and allowing ourselves to recognize how we feel in those moments as well, and thus to not see things as right or wrong, good or bad, to instead simply appreciate or for that matter, not appreciate. It's perfectly fine to not appreciate something. That's being present. And so we can begin to know ourselves more. We go out there and, you know, the sun is shining and we feel great. Uh, we can say, wow, I'm a very, you know, solar person. I enjoy the sunny skies. You know, I enjoy the sun. I enjoy warmth. And so wonderful on those days, get out there and go enjoy your life. Um, Or for other people, they prefer it when it's overcast and a little bit cool, and they recognize that that's more their personality. And so really, this is about utilizing nature, utilizing weather, utilizing different circumstances, be it grass or sand, or perhaps there's a slope or, you know, whatever it is (laughs) that the circumstances we're in demonstrate for us, that how they then demonstrate how we interact with that and feel about that. And that gives us insight, insight to ourselves, insight to others, and a perspective in our world that is about our own awareness. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine that you're outdoors, you're conducting a health workshop somewhere on the beach, and someone asks you, Andrea, what is the main focus at this point in your life, what would you tell them? What is the main focus of my life in this moment? I suppose to be present in that moment. (laughs) You know, I believe that we are people with a multitude of experiences going on all at the same time. For example, we have a multitude of sensations. And so in any given moment, there's what we see, there's what we hear, there's what we smell, taste, and feel. And so on that multidimensional level, we're experiencing things in a variety of different ways. 
And so I find that my life mirrors this. There are many different things that I'm working on at any given moment. I think I'm a bit of a multitasker, and I accept that multitasking because we as beings are multitaskers. We can do all of that at once. In fact, the most delicious meal is one in which it is beautiful on the, on the plate, the way that it has been arranged. The colors are so gorgeous. And then the fragrances and the taste and perhaps even the environments in which we're sitting. Maybe we're sitting next to a fire and the warmth on our skin. And then, of course, there's the company that we're with. And so there are so many things happening at once. And so that meal becomes incredibly delicious because of all of those things. And so I look at my life. What is that main focus of my life right now to be all of these different things that I'm doing? How can I be present? How can I uh, use my, my desire to create visual beauty in the world? How can I interact with people and hear what they're saying? How can I do just anything at all? And I think it's really about honoring the multidimensional level of ourselves and by acknowledging that there's a lot to us and there's a lot going on at once. And so my main focus right now is to create on this multidimensional level. And one of the things that I've been working a great deal with is teaching yoga classes while playing Sonic Butterfly at the same time. And what this allows me to do is it gives us the opportunity to consciously, because when I teach, I talk about consciousness. I talk about what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are the elements involved in this? Let's explore, you know, let's explore this particular topic in this moment. So how can we bring our thoughts into this? How can we bring our conscious awareness into this moment? And at the same time, Let's do these physical postures or breathing techniques. And so we're bringing in the physical plane and how it feels in our body and how our body feels. Again, not right or wrong. If it's stiff, if it's out of balance, or if we're feeling strong, there isn't one of these that's better than another. It's just becoming aware of what the body is saying, how it's communicating in that moment while being in this conscious awareness, while at the same time I'm playing music that's specifically aligned on an energetic level with those postures and with that conscious awareness. And I'm using not only the pitch and the, uh, the longitudinal vibration, and I'll talk about that at some point, uh, the longitudinal vibration and then also the rhythms and the pace at which I am playing. And so the tempo that I'm playing. And so I'm bringing all of this together into one experience. And so my main focus right now is how can we really identify on a multidimensional level, on a physical, conscious, energetic level, what's going on and how to perhaps even master, and when I say master, master being 100% present to who we are in that moment and in each moment. I love that you shared that we are experiencing things in a variety of different ways, and that really ties into uh, the importance that you give to being mindful about whatever we are doing. So there you go, listeners. The next time you are having a new experience, take a moment. How does it feel? How does it taste? Maybe something new that you're trying out in terms of a delicacy or some new type of cuisine. How does it look visibly? 
and how can you enjoy that particular moment better so andrew we're moving on to a topic that is really integral to our show the chakras and i know that you use the chakras and yoga as a framework to help individuals facilitate change in their life so talk to us a bit about the significance of chakras in your practice absolutely really the chakras are the road map for everything that i'm doing when i learned about the chakras it was like i was being reminded of something that that i had always known and instantaneously i began to recognize how our thoughts emotions our physical body and the way in which we're living our lives was all tied together all connected interconnected um yoga to yoke to you know to create union to bring together all of these different things and that the chakra system represented then this beautiful road map to help us to understand how those pieces were tying together and so in all of the things that i do whether i'm working with a private client or i'm teaching a class or workshop or a retreat or i'm doing these sonic butterfly yoga classes what i'm doing is utilizing that road map that tool of the chakra system in order to find that multidimensional experience in order to say okay well say for example we're working with muladhara chakra the first chakra our root chakra so i love words and i love to look at what is that word so mula root dara support and so how can we root down and be supported up and then how does that manifest in our day to day lives what does that look like so in other words our home our family the environment in which we live uh the foods that we're eating our connection to nature what kind of environment are we living in are we living you know by the water are we living um in a mountain like what 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 all is taking place on that very fundamental level of what are we rooting into what are we anchoring into and what is supporting us in this moment and so i look at that and then i look at the posture that correspond with muladhara chakra and what types of postures are helpful for example mountain poses and so mountain poses to me really the uh the mountain of integrity within the yoga practice all postures are rooted and supported by mountain pose by tadasana and so we can really look at that posture and explore that posture in our bodies while at the same time bringing in this awareness of our home our family our environment and what's taking place on that emotional psychological level of muladhara and then at the same time the note of c corresponds with that first chakra and so i can work within either a c major or a c minor scale depending upon what i'm looking to have happen and i can pick out whether i'm playing or you know if i'm playing or if i am not playing then i often will still integrate music into it and i'll think about what types of music like for example drums and in particular very tribal drums have a very first chakra experience to them and so getting into rhythms and getting into the experience of the bones and the feet on the floor and you know what what does it feel like to connect on that level and so my practices the way in which i teach and what i offer is to identify first and foremost 
what's taking place with that individual. And I listen to what they're saying. So are they expressing a, you know, a thought process that relates with a specific chakra? Say, for example, we go back to Muladhara, as that's the example we're working with. And they say to me, you know, I just moved. It was a big, big move. I moved from you know, the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States. And it's a really big change. And I'm no longer living near my family and you know, so on and so forth along these lines. And so I hear that and I say, okay, so perhaps there's an imbalance within that first chakra. And as they've now moved away from the source of those very grounding, safe and secure aspects, and they're now in this new environment, perhaps the, the chakra is diminished. And so they're needing support at this time. And so from that conversation, and, and perhaps they also bring in the emotions that they're feeling about that, about not feeling supported or desiring, you know, connection and uh, finding that they're wanting to eat a lot right now or, or not eat a lot or whatever it is that they're expressing. And it's amazing how what they're, what they're thinking about, what they're experiencing, what they're feeling will all be related. And then they may even be having pain in their body or, for example, you know, maybe that uh, they've injured their foot or their hips are feeling very tight at this time or something. They might express something on a physical level. So I'm listening to all of this and then I'm thinking, okay, how can I support that person if what we have now is that chakra diminished, then how can we give them energy into that first chakra? And so, again, we can look at uh, music that can help them. And I can suggest different artists to listen to. Or perhaps if I have Mark with me, maybe, maybe I will play for them in a way that will help them to ground, to let go, to feel supported. And then while that's taking place, giving them those yoga postures, that's not making them, you know, go a million miles an hour. It's not about a million sun salutations. It's about really finding that mountain of integrity and moving from that mountain of integrity where they feel supported and grounded. Or maybe it's even about getting them down onto the ground to do postures where they're seated and they really feel supported or even lying all the way down against the ground and doing some hip opening where they're held by the earth and so they have that support to be able to open themselves up and to be able to receive the energy in that perhaps they're not getting. And then not only do I work with the yoga postures, I, I will also offer suggestions. For example, spending time rather than going out to eat, really going and, and making their food and sitting down at the table and inviting new friends to sit at their home with them and have dinner at home and, uh, and or perhaps gardening or going for hikes in nature where they get to connect with that new place and, and really dig into the earth of it and connect on that earthly level. And so I'm looking at all the different ways in which to support them. I might also give them a mantra, a mantra that helps them to feel that rooted groundedness, that gives them uh, you know, the opportunity to, to just feel safe or to connect with their feet against the ground, or to do a walking meditation where they're very mindful of their feet on the ground. There are a million different ways to do this, and a lot of it is from hearing what's taking place in that chakra. 
And I'm hearing that through their thoughts, through their emotions, through their physical body, through what's taking place in their, in their lives in that moment. And then doing my best to support them and give them tools to be able to support them to feel great. So from what you shared, chakras seem to be the roadmap that help us identify how to enhance our lives, which can be physically, mentally or spiritually. And I love how you tie the knowledge of chakras into your music as well, which we will speak about more uh, later in the show. But before that, let's dive in. Uh, what is your definition of yoga? And for the benefit of someone new to this practice, how can yoga enhance a person's life? So yoga uh, literally translated means to yoke. In other words, to bring things together. And for me, integration is such a key. How do we integrate or, or perhaps here's how I want to say it. I believe that my name is Andrea because of this word and. I believe in and. So much of our time is spent saying, no, but, or, oh, yeah, no, but I can't do that. But I can't do that. And so here's what I offer for people who are listening to this show who are new to yoga. The very first practice I offer you is to use the word and rather than the word but. And say, for example, again, this is, you know, one of these experiences. I'm looking outside and I am seeing this beautiful day. And I am sitting inside and enjoying, you know, the, the quiet or the peace of being held by this house. Both are true. There's a beautiful day outside and there's a peace inside the house. And I can enjoy them both at the same time by looking out the window. One might say, it's a beautiful day, but you know what? I'm just going to stay in. This is cutting ourselves off or denying. And what yoga is about is this integration, this yoking, and being able to say yes to both things. So it is a beautiful day. And I'm choosing to be inside and experience the peace inside. Or, for example, I might say, currently I'm enjoying being inside. And it's such a beautiful day. I would love to go out and experience that too. And so suddenly we can integrate all of these different experiences into our day. So yoga itself is a practice of integration. It's a practice of alignment, of being able to align ourselves both physically and energetically, and again, energetically to me represents our thoughts and emotions, as well as spiritually. How can we bring all of the aspects of ourself into integration? Rather than denying, we say, yes, this is me, and this is me, and this is me. So my physical body is one aspect of myself. And so in yoga, we practice asana or yoga postures, physical movements or positions with the body. And while we're doing that, one of my favorite teachers is a man by the name of Swami Vivekananda Saraswati. And he taught that 90% of yoga is intention. So what are we aware of in that moment? And so we integrate in our thoughts and emotions. What am I thinking about? What are my intentions in this moment? What am I wanting? And that wanting is coming from our thoughts and emotions. And then at the same time, opening up to the spiritual. In many ways, that spiritual is the bigger picture. How 
my alignment and how being integrated as an individual will help me to be better integrated in the world. So we go all the way back to the first quote of to love is to be 100% present. If I feel integrated, if I feel present with myself, present with my, my spirit, my body, my emotions, my thoughts, in other words, yoked, and I'm experiencing that union, then it is very easy for me to be present with the world around me. And when I'm present with the world around me, then there is an integration that says, and that says, I am here and you are here. Let's experience that. Mm -hmm. I love your explanation of yoga, which you said is to bring together and to integrate. It sounds wonderful. And listeners, try using the word and and reducing the usage of the word but. And think about it. When you say and and when you connect two sentences, it seems very powerful, very positive and very empowering. And when you use but, as is explained by Andrea, it seems very limiting in a way and a bit negative as well. So try using and more. Now, Andrea, there are many styles of yoga, Ashtanga, Bikram Yoga, Hatha Yoga, Vinyasa, Yin Yoga, to name a few. For the benefit of this person who probably is new to yoga, how does one decide what style of yoga to get into first? Mm, I would say just go ahead and be a yoga shopper. Nowadays, okay. there are so <laughs> many studios, so many teachers, so many styles of yoga. And really, most likely, there will be three factors that will help you to decide. So go ahead and go out there and try the ones that are close to where you live or work, that fit well with your schedule, and that you like the teacher and you know, what's amazing right now is there are so many different teachers as well. And this is a mm. wonderful thing because beginning teachers are wonderful for beginning students. Intermediate teachers are great for intermediate students. And more advanced teachers are great for the more advanced students or perhaps for the teachers. And so you don't have to worry if you're new to yoga. It's okay to go in and try all of those and to find that person that you connect with. And they don't have to be the top teacher in the world. They might even be a beginner teacher and you really relate to them because what they're going through and what you're going through are easily translatable to each other. You can really relate to each other and you understand mm. the process that each other are going through. And so go out there, shop around. Three things that will help you is that it fits in your schedule. It's easy to get to and you like the teacher. And then in terms of the style, you'll find that. I recommend trying quite a few different styles of yoga so that you get a sense for it and you start to find, oh, I love that for this reason and I love that for this reason. And maybe even during the course of your week, you take a, t a couple of different classes with different teachers where, you know, you say, oh, today I'm really needing a good, you know, good physical practice. And if you like a good physical practice, you're going to be drawn to maybe an Ashtanga or a Vinyasa or a power yoga type of practice or a Bikram yoga type of practice. If you're really more in uh, an internal mode, you want to you want to get into your thoughts and emotions, you want to feel, 
Maybe you even want to cry a little bit and release some emotions. You might want to go to a Kundalini yoga class mm-hmm. where there's more of a sense of, of bhakti, of experiencing the songs and the breathing techniques that might really connect you with what you're feeling in that moment and allow for release of feelings. And so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I just really recommend, or I shouldn't say and, I just really recommend going out there and trying a lot of different people and seeing what appeals to you and what works in your schedule. So listeners, I think what Andrea is trying to say is that you need to experiment at the start be a yoga shopper because you never know what style of yoga might suit you the best. But there are three factors that will help you make your decision. So one is it has to be close to where you live. It should match with your schedule. And then the teacher is someone who you should resonate with. Now, Andrea, on a personal note, my favorite teachers are those who integrate philosophy during the session. So what happens is I'm doing a pose and I'm learning physically, but at the same time, I'm getting stimulated mentally and spiritually as well. So it's like a 360 degree expansion that I experience during that particular yoga session. So thanks for sharing. Now, I also know that you teach a unique type of yoga uh, called Sonic Butterfly Yoga, and you spoke about it a bit uh, earlier, but could you elaborate on the difference between sonic butterfly yoga and maybe the other conventional forms of yoga? Absolutely. So sonic butterfly is a long string harp. And what that means is that the strings are at minimum 60 feet long. And so you get to be underneath the strings. And so the vibrations are coming off the strings. What's taking place um, is if you've ever experienced a singing bowl, you take a brass bowl, usually uh, it comes from Tibetan tradition, and you take a, a dowel and you run it around the edge of this brass bowl and it creates what's called a longitudinal vibration. And the longitudinal vibration moves through the molecules of the brass bowl. Okay, so my strings are also made of brass. And so you can imagine taking that brass bowl and instead of it being a circle, you stretch that out, you straighten it out and it becomes a long line. And then you take that and you make it really long. You make it 60 feet long. And uh, and then I, I have blocks on the strings that tune each string. I have two full octaves of notes. And what I do, just like the dowel running along the edge of the brass bowl, I run my fingers along the string, creating that same longitudinal vibration that moves through the molecules of the string. And then as it comes off the string and connects with your body, unlike a horizontal vibration, so if you pluck or bow or strike an instrument, Mm -hmm. so if you're drumming or playing guitar or playing violin, any of these types of things, or even playing a conventional harp, you're creating what's called a horizontal vibration. And so the vibration goes back and forth, and that bounces against us, which is why we dance the way that we dance, right? Because Mm -hmm. as it bounces against us, our body starts to move in that bouncing pattern, and that's why we tend to, you know, kind of bounce back and forth or bounce up and down as we dance. Well, unlike a horizontal vibration, the longitudinal vibration moves into your body and then moves through the molecules of your body. And so you're literally feeling that vibration moving through your body, much like the vibration is moving through the molecules of the brass wire that I'm playing. 
In addition, there is an ascending overtone. So in sound healing, ascending overtones, which you hear the root note, and then you hear that root note rise in pitch. That's an ascending mm. overtone. In sound healing, ascending overtones are considered to be the most healing because they're lifting a lower vibration into a higher vibration. And so when we're looking to use music as medicine or we're looking to have transcendent experiences, then what we want to do is want to lift the vibration. And so these longitudinal vibrations are moving into your body through the molecules of your body and then the ascending overtone is lifting the vibration. And what occurs is you feel this incredible inspiration of energy inside you. And the first time I'll see somebody, when somebody first experiences a long string harp, mm -hmm. you'll watch them be sitting there and suddenly the vibration comes into them and they always sit up straight and their eyes get really big and their mouth opens and they're like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know, and mm -hmm. that is exactly what we're looking to do is to create that transcendent inspirational experience. And so I, as I'm working with Sonic Butterfly Yoga, I'm utilizing these longitudinal vibrations and ascending overtones along with pitches along so specific uh, notes and frequencies to align with the chakra, to align with the posture that you're doing, to align with the thoughts that we're discussing, so the philosophy, uh, what mm -hmm. we're thinking about, what we're paying attention to, and we're bringing all of that together into one integrated conscious experience to then be able to be 100% present with ourselves and to love ourselves. And from that love for ourselves, we're then opening up our wings. And that's why I've designed Sonic Butterfly, which has, uh, not only is it a long string harp, it also has projection wings, which are butterfly-shaped projection screens. And so on a visual level, you also mm -hmm. have these beautiful images on the projection wings that are on each side of me. Oh, okay. And so what's taking place is this full sensory experience that you are actively participating in in order to shed limiting beliefs about yourself in order to move beyond what I call a caterpillar state of consciousness which is very limited and very safe and and you know kind of lovely I mean hey being a caterpillar you're like you're living on your food it's a pretty simple thing and yet mm -hmm. that caterpillar knows that at some point it's going to hear that call to transform into what it truly can be. And I think that Sonic Butterfly Yoga is the opportunity to have that full sensory experience to say, you know what, these limiting beliefs that I've held about myself, this but experience of, no, 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 but I can't do that suddenly all of that releases because it's all happening at once. You are doing it. You're physically practicing. You're consciously aware. You're sensationally fully activated. And you are 100% present, loving yourself, transforming yourself into that experience of being your authentic self and actively doing so.
And so it's about bringing intention into action and fulfilling what our heart's desire is by loving ourselves wholly. Mm -hmm. So doing these yoga poses and experiencing those longitudinal vibrations under the 60 feet string mixed with those beautiful ascending tones, I'm sure that would be an out-of-the-world experience. I've actually seen some of your videos where you were actually playing the sonic butterfly and it's quite an experience, uh, visually, sonically, mentally, physically, and so much more. Uh, basically, like you said, you're providing a multi-sensory experience. Uh, now, I know that in addition to being a yoga, yoga teacher, you're an international performing artist and you've performed at world-renowned locations such as the Colosseum in Rome, the Space Needle in Seattle, the temple at Burning Man and the Grand Theatre in Shanghai. So talk to us a bit about how do you integrate yoga into other aspects of your life? <laughs> I think yoga is a way of life uh, for those individuals who have really you know, had the opportunity to dive into a yoga practice. Most likely it's changed your life. And I see yoga as uh, as a daily practice of awareness. You talked about my playing at the Grand Theater in Shanghai. And I started this call by saying I'm an activist. It has always been my hope uh, to support the world in changing, in releasing the limiting beliefs that keep us separate, that keep, you know, the races. No, but you're this, but I'm this. Or the religions, but this is this, but that is that. And keeps everything apart. And in this yoking and this bringing together of an awareness that I can be this and you can be that. It brings this connection, this ability to communicate, to understand each other, to recognize each other, and to, and to really open up the possibility of the world becoming a more peaceful and integrated place. And so when I had the opportunity to play for the closing, the closing performance of the, uh, of the Shanghai International Arts Festival in the Grand Theater, uh, next door to the Communist Party building, across the street from People's Park, it felt to me like one of the most uh, political things I'd ever done. Because here I was bringing this awareness of yoga, of integration of and, into a theater, a multi-story theater with you know a huge audience and we were bringing in these invented instruments these new instruments that no one had ever seen or experienced before and to me here it was this full sensory opportunity to think outside the box to uh to recognize that that there were a million different ways to express ourselves and that each of the ways that we were expressing ourselves has validity and has beauty and has meaning in people's lives. And so imagine being in, you know, in a theater in which suddenly the whole theater is transformed into an instrument and you are sitting inside the instrument. And now suddenly you're experiencing music and watching these individuals play these instruments. And, and one of the things that I'll do is I'll, I'll actually do yoga postures on stage during a song. And so suddenly there's this person dancing in this yogic way and integrating together all of that into one. And this just opens us up to, well, wait a second. If they can do that, what can I do? And maybe that crazy idea that I have and that heart's desire that says, I really 
want to to do, you know, to do X, to do Y, to, you know, to do whatever it is that we're each individually called to do. Suddenly that isn't something that we're separate from. It's like, yes, I want to go do that and I'm going to go do it. And then imagine being in Shanghai, China and having the opportunity to share that with people that, that perhaps I never get to talk to. And suddenly there is me and there is you. And we are both valid. And now what's possible? Well, that is a beautiful story. And it seems like through your actions, through your projects, through your performances, what you're doing essentially is you're planting an idea, an idea that might not have been there in those people's minds in the past. But through that, it's like an opportunity for them to take action, for them to do something new with their lives. So thanks for sharing. Now, the brick walls are there for a reason. The brick walls are not there to keep us out. The brick walls are there to give us a chance to show how badly we want something because the brick walls are there to stop the people who don't want it badly enough. They're there to stop the other people. A wonderful thought that is shared by the pioneer of virtual reality, Randy Posh. And this is going to be the central theme for the next phase of our show, which is all about a major challenge or a learning moment. So Andrea, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge. Take us to that moment and tell us what you were feeling at that instant and then how did you overcome this particular challenge? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was uh, 12 or 13, I broke my back and it was a brick wall for me for a long time. I would say about 12 years mm-hmm. where I really felt limited by my physical body and what my physical body could do. I was in pain a lot. I was frightened to, I was really frightened to do anything that would exacerbate that pain. And so I chose to do a lot of drugs. I chose to be still. I chose to dive into my mind and explore my consciousness. And in that process, I found out a lot about what I think and about consciousness. And so here I was given an opportunity to dive into reading, into learning, into exploring all the different philosophies and ways of doing things through other people's words and what they were offering and the insight and experiences that they offered. And then one day, my brother began teaching yoga. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is a safe, nurturing environment for me to come back to my body mm-hmm. and to integrate all of this consciousness and these thoughts into my physical reality. And that I would rehabilitate my body through the process of practicing yoga. And that practice transformed my life. A year after I began doing yoga, I woke up one day and realized that I had changed my life. I had moved. I had changed jobs. What inspired me, what I wanted to do had changed. And it was because suddenly I was living those conscious thoughts now. I was living those philosophies. I was practicing Mm -hmm. it in my day-to-day life. And I was no longer afraid to feel pain I was no longer afraid to be in an uncomfortable position and breathe through what was there. And so on one level, the breaking of the back acted as a brick wall 
that helped me to dive into my own consciousness and to dive into learning on an intellectual level. And then the yoga practice gave me a key that took that brick wall and all that I learned from it and for me to actually climb the wall and learn how to be uncomfortable on that wall and ultimately get to the other side of that wall. And I'm also, in addition to being a yogi and an artist, I am also an existentialist. And I believe that for every exit, there is an entrance. And suddenly, the whole world opened up. And that's why life changes, is that if you're willing to go into the pain, you're willing to transform the pain, you're willing to find out what the pain is saying, you're willing to, and this is either physical or emotional pain, Mm -hmm. if you're willing to really get to know it, to let pain or to let fear become your teacher and show you what's actually there with some tools. We don't just do this willy-nilly. You don't just like go, oh, brick wall, let me like, you know, bend down my head and slam my head into the wall over and over again and ignore the fact that mm-hmm. now my, my head hurts. <laughs> you know, you got you to gotta get some learning and some tools and, and find out what, you know, what you can learn and then begin to dig into that wall. And perhaps what you'll find are handholds where suddenly you begin to climb it. And maybe you fall back a few times and that teaches you something as well. Suddenly you find that you make it over that wall and that that wall became your biggest tool ever. That wall of pain, that wall of fear, that wall of limitation. I mean, think about the butterfly. I mean, the caterpillar literally goes into a cocoon and a war of cells takes place. And it just turns into this like gelatinous goo and reforms into the butterfly. Ultimately, the breaking of my back gave me the opportunity to kind of go through that and to fall apart and to dive inside and then to physicalize and to step and move through the pain and to spread my wings. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story? I would say that Often, when something happens that's hard, whether that's illness or an injury or perhaps loss, these big things that take place in our lives that are painful, that many times now we look at those things and we say, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? And we hold ourselves back then. Because we see ourselves in that but negative thought process. Can we instead look at what's taking place and say, this is my cocoon. This is my transformational time. And rather than seeing it as a negative, can we look at it as a growth opportunity? An opportunity to learn what perhaps we couldn't learn before. And ultimately to be the entrance into a new life. So thanks for sharing your story with us. Because of your message and your inspiration, our listeners today have one more reason to get back up after facing a challenge and take that first step towards a transformation. And with that, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about finding your true calling 
or your purpose. So great poet and philosopher Rumi once said, let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you really love. It will not lead you astray. So my question to you, Andrea, have you found your calling? And if yes, what is your calling? Mm, I love Rumi. In fact, Rumi is in so many ways a big part of why I created Sonic Butterfly. There is this beautiful poem uh, in which he says, Il l'autre hoc con ol sera divon sho, divon sho, vandar de le otastara parvanesho, And that's in Farsi. And what it means is to release the tricks of the mind and to become crazy, to become crazy, to jump into the fire and become the butterfly, become the butterfly. And so you ask, have I found my calling? I do believe I have. My calling is to become the butterfly, to become Sonic Butterfly, so that I can, I can share with people that willingness to believe that, that crazy thought in your mind to believe in yourself, to believe in following your calling, in creating and demonstrating and sharing with people who you are in your authentic self. I see myself as a doorway, as a doorway to believing in who you are. It's not about, my calling is not about seeing me and wanting to become me. It's about seeing me and saying, if she can do that, I can do that. I'm going to release the tricks of the mind that hold me back, that limit me from believing in myself. I'm going to be just as crazy as that girl who's out here turning, you know, turning these, you know, these environments into giant musical instruments and then playing them. I'm going to be that crazy with what inspires me, with what I want to do, with who I am, with my way of saying that and expressing that. And I, too, am going to become the butterfly. I'm going to jump into the fire of my potential, and I'm going to shine. And so that's my calling. My calling is to shine, to help other people to recognize their shine. And if we think about it, what is it that we love so much about the night sky? What we love are all the stars. The way in which the night sky shines with a million stars. And is any one star greater than the other? No. The brilliance of the night sky is that there are so many stars. And so my calling is to say to people, let's all shine. And let's find the brilliance of this world. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that profound thought. I like when you say that you don't want people to see you and automatically want to become you, but to see you and realize that it's possible. And if you can become your version of the butterfly, then I can do it too. And that's, that's beautiful. And with that, we've come to the very end of our show which is called the Wisdom Round, where I will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom just like in a rapid-fire round. 
Are you ready? Sure. What is the best advice you have ever received? Decide what you want to do and then you'll figure out how to do it. Now great habits they can change your life. So if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what would it be? Breathe deeply. So Andrea, describe the first 2 hours of your day. What is your morning ritual like? My morning ritual is uh first to cuddle with my dog. I love my little dog. She's just pure love and to spend that time and that presence with her. And then I make a cup of tea. and go outside and experience nature and uh and really just feel what the day has to bring and to breathe in and see and experience on my skin the nature of that day and then honestly i like to get to work i'm a very productive person in the morning and so i jump right to it mm-hmm. now finding and reading the right book can be life changing if you could recommend one book that changed your life what would it be The Prana Paramita Heart Sutra by Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm. So listeners you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes. So Andrea I had an amazing time chatting with you today. Right before you go tell us one thing that you're really grateful for. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> well, I'm really grateful to have been on the show. This is fantastically fun and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story. And I'm really grateful to all the listeners because again, to love is to be 100% present and for each of you to have taken the time to listen is an act of love and I'm grateful for that. If you'd like to get in touch with me, there are a multitude of ways. I have two websites, yogagirl.com and also sonicbutterflyproductions.com and if you'd like to email me you can email me at andrea@thegirl.com you can also find me on facebook and so you can find me andrea brook on facebook and also sonic butterfly productions on facebook and on instagram sonicbutterfly_andreabrook i also have of a YouTube channel and uh I just released a new solo album that is available for free so it's my gift to all of you and you can go on Bandcamp and look up Sonic Butterfly Becoming is the name of the album and so that's available for free on Bandcamp So just to clarify is that just one song that is free or is it more than one song It's a a six song EP. Oh, wonderful. And the whole thing, you can either listen to it on Bandcamp or you can download it for free or if you feel like you would like to offer a donation, that's always appreciated. Awesome. Thanks a lot for being so incredibly kind. I'm sure that our listeners would love this wonderful gift that you have for them. So Andrea, thanks for appearing on My Seven Chakras. Thank you for inspiring us and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution. listening to my seven chakras go to my s e v e n chakras.com download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today